Father God, we thank you so much that you are instructions for life, God, and um, your spirit will lead us, your word will take us, and, and the path that we choose is you, God. For our finances, we choose you. You're sovereign. For our health, we choose you. For our relationships, you're sovereign, we choose you. As that song goes, and we always sing it, hallelujah, you have saved us. So much better your way. So much better your way, God. Please be with us. And um, I do pray that if there's anybody that today would cause maybe problems in their, in their heart or in their experiences, God, that right now you go before me and um, speak to hard hearts and open them. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen. Chapter 3, the book of First Peter, is a very dangerous book to teach, a very dangerous chapter to teach because so many people misunderstand, misuse, mistreat, misinterpret the things that are in here. So I did something a little different. I interpreted most of the key words in there in the original language, cross-referenced them to other places they occur, so that way there's no confusion. That way when you leave here, leave here and say, I'm never going back to that church because they teach God's word, not because Ryan gave me an opinion I didn't agree with. Promise? Thank you. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. Thank you. We'll see you next week. <laughs> much, much, much important here that we interpret this to understand and to mean what it means. Most of the important part there is the word that says, likewise. Ladies, Diggest thou this, if thou wilt. Your opportunity, ladies, is to be more like Christ than your husband. Is to submit yourself under the authority of the man God has placed in your life because that's his role, that's his responsibility, that's what he will have to give an account for. The Bible does not say, listen, you weak little thing, you. Submit to him. He's smarter. He obviously knows more. He does not say that. He does not mean that. There is no intention of that being there. You with me? I love the way Pastor Bob used to put it. You are different in performance, but the same in importance. So important to understand that. Ladies, as Christ submitted himself under the Father, but yet was equal to the Father. But he didn't consider it robbery. He didn't consider himself being stolen. Now, usually there's a wife here or a, a, a single sister here. I don't submit. Well, okay, I, I, I understand that you don't submit. And the only question is, how's that working for you? And if it's working good for you, well, you know, as we say in Italian, tata saluta, you know, I mean, live life, have fun. But chances are your misunderstanding of what your role in this thing in is has caused 
problems. It's caused divorce. It's caused separation. It's caused anxiety. It's caused rift. It's caused division. Now, before we go through this, here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to use this as some crazy opportunity to teach a topical teaching on marriage. Safe to say I'm going to keep this to the bare minimum, to the bones of what we're teaching. This is not what I want to do. What I want to do is teach you today, share with you what I have learned by studying this, exactly what it says. Wives, likewise. The word likewise should have an arrow pointing up on it because referring to what we studied last week. If you weren't here last week, then obviously the whole likewise thing doesn't mean anything to you. But if you will surrender back to the second chapter, verse 23, who, who are we speaking about there, anybody? That's Christ. When he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who, who himself bore our sins in his own body, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. Who, by whose stripes you were healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Listen to me. Basic fact. Let me show you a, an illustration. Let's say this is a man and let's say this is a woman. There is overlap. It's about 30% on each side. So what I'm trying to show you is in the middle here, men and women are basically alike. Pretty much the same. Except for anatomy, we're talking emotional, we're talking um, physical even, we're talking spiritual. But there are those women who, by way of chemical creation, are a little bit more on the emotional side. Not all, but most. Men, a little bit more on the physical side. Not all, but most. Now, obviously, the extreme physical and the extreme mental will be very, very different, right? That's always going to be in any case. But the center of where we are most alike, here's the problem. Most of the time, they ain't attracted to each other. Hey, you're just like me. I hate me. I don't want to do it, you. <laughs> you know the old saying, opposites attract? Believe it or not, I know this might come as a shock, I happen to be type A personality. A little more outgoing, a little more people friendly. My wife happens to be not so much. But we're really attracted to each other, 30 plus years now. Does anybody else find that to be the case? They're attracted to the opposite? Any, any, no, I'm the only one? This is participation time. Thank you. So, when you ladies happen to be a little more emotional, are with man who is a little more physical, you can tend to catch the brunt of the blowback. There's a saying in football, they never catch the guy that did the offense, they always catch the guy that did the retaliation. And that's what happens, men retaliate. 
And here, the apostle Peter is saying, look, I know he's a dope. I know he's a ding-dong. I know he's obnoxious. I know he's going to revile. He's going to say horrible things to you. You know what I want you to do? I want you to be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be one. May be one. You want to change that non-believer husband's life? Love him through his stupidity. Now, and I say this, with all the authority of God's word on my side. God has not called you to be with a man that does not love God, that treats you badly. If he cheats on you, if he beats you, if he does not love God and he wants out of a relationship, you bid him adieu. Now, everybody says, mm, of course, of course. Let me tell you, I was a part of ministries in churches where they had women in waiting, holding a torch for their men. And I would be like, why? Why are you holding a torch? The man physically abused you, emotionally abused you, who knows what else abuse, and then cheated on you. And you want him to come back. I want him to come back and be saved. That's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, you can read it at home. If you are with a man that does not love God, who doesn't want to be with you, adios, muchacho. Let him go. You are not bound to that man. Do I need to say it again? You stay because you're disobedient. Because if you knew the value you had in God's eyes, you would know you deserve better. And God has more for you. We all stay in relationships because we're insecure. Who's going to love me? Look what happened. I had kids. Now look at what gravity's done to my body. I heard it all in that room. All. And you sit there, me and my wife, we sit there and we just shake our heads and go, are you kidding me? You're an absolutely beautiful, hardworking, good mom. God's going to raise up a man for you who's going to love you, not abuse you. Call the police! <laughs> I don't want to get him in trouble. <laughs> You're off your medication again, aren't you? Let's, let's, let's not do that this week. I got a long way to go. And if you're just starting now, girl, it's going to be a long ride, Anita. All right. Likewise, meaning just like, just like Christ, you ladies also can grace that man of yours who is a brute, who is a caveman, who is a not careful with his words. And I'm going to tell you how that happens. I, as a pastor, 
I have done maybe, in 30 years, maybe I've done 20 marriages. I'm, I'm, I'm not a pastor for hire. I don't do lots and lots of weddings. It's only some people that I'm involved with their lives if they come to church. And when we sit down, I tell young, usually it's the 20-somethings, and I tell them, hey, listen, here's the things you don't do in front of your wife. And I go through the list of simple things and deep things. You don't leave the bathroom door open. You don't, you know, Dutch oven. You don't, you, don't, you don't do those things. They're nasty. Later on, you'll find out, although it's ha, 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 funny, funny, funny. It's not. It's disgusting. She just doesn't want to tell you it's disgusting. And you find out later on when it's five years down the road and you're having problems in the bedroom. And I go, what's the problem? And then she goes, well, he parts in front of me and he doesn't leave the bathroom door. And I go... I believe somebody told you that was going to happen. I believe it. And I tell men all the time, dude, you treat your wife better than you treat the waitress at the restaurant. Okay? So next time you go to a restaurant, look at the waitress and say, I'm not going to treat her better than I treat my wife. Now, and I always get the same response, yeah, well, she's got my food. So does your wife. <laughs> and she has it more often. You know what I mean? That stomachache you had might not be what you think. <laughs> so ladies, you have an opportunity to be like Christ. To submit yourselves under authority, ready, who might not necessarily deserve it. Why? In obedience to God, not in obedience to your husband. Well, you might say, I don't have to. No, none of you have to. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. The older I get, the vast majority of the women I meet are a whole lot smarter than the men that I know myself included. I used to think I was so much smarter than my wife. Not anymore. It's like, you've been putting up with me for this long, and it just, the older I get, the more I like, why does she do it? I've been so brutish, so foolish. And men always find that out, but they find that out too late. And unfortunately, in this day and age, when it's just easy to get a certificate of divorce, cheat, whatever, I just got on a dating app, sadly, it's too late. Men make both men and women make terrible choices with their lives, but there's nobody that's going to tell you these things. There's nobody that's going to say, hey, thank you so much. Your husband's not going to say, hey, thank you so much for submitting yourself under God to me. They're not going to say that, but I'm telling you this. This is exactly what it says. Here's the word. In the Greek word, it's homoios, which literally means likewise, equally, in the same way. So, I'm not making this up. I'm not trying to transliterate anything. In the same way Christ submitted to God, ladies, submit to your husbands. Not that he deserves it. Not that he, you have to. Because you want to be more like Christ. Now, Ryan, you've said that like 10 times. I know. It's a big problem. 30 years of marriage, 20-some-odd years of ministry. We see what the problems are. I'm not going to submit to him. He, he's All right. Now, let's address one other thing. See that word for wives? It's the word in Greek, gyne. Gyne, where we get our English word for, thank you, gynecologist. You know what it means? A woman. Not one who identifies as a woman. Not one who has one X and one Y chromosome. A woman. Doesn't matter. You know who you are. You. The word submissive, it's the word hippotasso. 
hypotasso. It's a verb. To arrange under, to subordinate, to subject, put in subjection, to subject oneself, to obey, to submit to one's control, to yield to one's admonition or advice, to obey, to be subject. Why is that important? Men, it's not your job to put them in subjection or to put them in submission. It's their job to be in submission. Well, I got a wife who refuses to submit. It sucks for you, doesn't it? No, I'm going to put her in line. No, you're not. Oh, no, I will. Yeah, let's see how that works out for you. Do you know how many guys I know who think? You know how many times I've been in a Bible study with a woman who talks and interrupts her husband, and he turns around and goes, hey, I'm talking! <laughs> oh, that's a guy I don't want a happy life. You ain't going to win. Dude, figure it out now. You are outgunned, outmatched, outmanned. You are outwitted. You aren't going to win. No how, no way. You think I'm wrong, don't you? You'll find out. Ladies, you submit. That word for submit is not to be put, but to put oneself under. Why are you doing this, Ryan? You never teach like this. Yes, I want to stick exactly to what it says. Because in the church today, more than 60% of marriages end in divorce, and the recipe for staying together is right before our eyes. And I don't want that to happen to you. I've been a part of too many. I've been a part of too many situations where they sit in my office and we're done, it's over, he cheated, she did this, and you're just like, this just kills you, it kills you. Divorce, in Malachi chapter 3, the Bible says God hates divorce. Not to be taken as, that's why I don't get divorced. You get divorced if it falls under the parameters of the scripture, which according to Christ is infidelity and abandonment of God. If your husband walks away from God and then wants to walk away from the marriage, you're not there to keep him there. You're supposed to let him go. Now, that doesn't mean when he does that, you go out and play the field. You stay single until as such as those that are around you, i.e., the church, good counselors, and family members say, okay, you're ready. That's not, woo, she's gone, time to party. Because if that's the case, you weren't worth it to begin with. It's true. Submit. I told you it was going to be a rough study. I told you you were going to get mad at me. Don't get, I warned you. Again, I'm going to read from the beginning, now that we have a fuller understanding of these words. Wives, likewise, be submissive. You know, if Peter was smarter, you got to remember, Peter was a fisherman. If you remember how Peter behaved, he was kind of like Mr. Foot in Mouth. You know, he's the one that told God, he, he literally said to God, you're not going to go to the cross over my dead body. The Lord Jesus had to literally grab him and look at him and said to him, get behind me, Satan. I mean, there's only one person in all of Scripture that God called Satan besides Satan. And that was Peter. If he knew that women were going to be reading this, he would have put a please before and after every word. Please, wives, please. 
Likewise, please be submissive. Please to your own husband. Please. Please. That even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. Let me tell you what sucks about verse 1. All jokes aside, all kidding aside, you have a woman that loves the Lord so much, a woman who's just on fire for, for her Savior, and she has a husband who doesn't. And it's a burden, and it's weary. You're trying to raise kids in a divided house. You're trying to love the Lord. It's, it's hard, man. And here we're making jokes and funny. You don't know what it's like. No, I do know what it's like. And I, I pray that everybody else here does also know what it's like and support a sister like that. But here's the recipe. Love him anyway. Oh, but he... Love him anyway. Love God and love him. There's only one time I've ever told a woman to disobey her husband. And here's how it goes. Listen, I'm sorry I haven't been to church. You know, my husband, he's against churches. We went to a church one time and a pastor told him this and he didn't like it. Here's the story I get all the time. And they say to me, and he really doesn't want me going to church every day. I said, yeah, but um, the only time I would ever tell you to disobey your husband. He doesn't want you to come on Wednesday nights. Okay, that's one thing. But disobey him when it comes to going to church on Sunday. And if he can't handle that, he might not be the one. Because what he, this non-believing husband, sees is a freedom that you've been granted by God. And it's being fed, it's being supplied, it's being multiplied at church around the body. You are getting a support system in the physical. You're getting a support system in the spiritual. And more, and from feeding that, you're getting a support system in the emotional. You've often heard me say, my biggest problem with my wife, I have a big problem with my wife. And it's been like this for years and years and years. And I'm sorry to share family, business family. I'm sorry my wife doesn't worship me. I don't like that. I want to be worshipped. Guys, right? I want, I, only I can do to you and for you and through you and in you all the things that I... My wife is like, uh-uh. Like when we get really heavy into fighting and arguing, look, I'm out, okay? This is ridiculous. She's like, ta-ta. Ta-ta. No, no, this is, see, this is the part where you go, please don't leave me. I can't live without you. <laughs> Not my wife. My wife has learned how to say goodbye in seven languages. <laughs> Au revoir. Adios. Ciao. Arrivederci. No. Bye. Sayonara, thank you. Can't stop yourself, can you? Can't stop yourself. See the point? Ladies, when you're that strong, you know what happens? Although the man feels weakened, he feels more attracted to you. I know that this is going to be, hey guys, I'm sorry that like, this doesn't fit your narrative because you want to be the one that's, I, want, I love being worshipped. And look, 
It was the first relationship I've ever been that I wasn't worshipped. I mean, I had two ex-girlfriends going back to I was 15 years old. First relationship was three years. Second relationship was five years. Then I met my wife. And all of them have worshipped me. That's the way it's supposed to be. I'm a gitman. I'm a, I'm a I'm me. I'm great at what I do and everything I do. And here's this woman. And she is so unimpressed with how great I think I am and more impressed in what God does in me. It causes me to love God more and more and more. It causes me to be more serious about my relationship with the Lord. Because the more I love God, the more she loves me. The more gentle and kind. You think about the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When those things are abounding in me, this woman loves me. Everything else, she just completely shuts down, unimpressed with me. Now, why am I beating this horse so down? Because you're going to forget about it in, in about, it's 11.38, in about 15 minutes. And I'm telling you, this is how this thing's going to work for you. This is how the Bible lays out marriage. So you sisters that have a non-believing husband, I am so sorry. We will help you carry this burden. And again, redundant, but must be said, disobey your husband if he tells you you can't go to church on Sunday. This is what I do. This is who I am, like it or not. I worship God, not you, boy. You're a boy. That's the man, Christ Jesus. We with that? Continuing. Verse 2, we're really rolling through this. (laughs) When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Okay, chaste conduct. Chaste. Exciting reverence, venerable, sacred, pure, pure from carnality, chaste, modest, pure from every fault, immaculate, clean. When your husband sees that in the bedroom all the good things that happen are for him and out there, you're not, Miss Sexpot. That's going to really set his heart on fire for you. Because obviously we know if you go fishing, you catch the fish that you set the bait for, right? Okay, I think everybody understands that. So the first thing Peter says to ladies, if you really want to get your unbelieving husband, or you're not serious about the things of God's husband, on fire for the Lord, first thing is have chastity out there and, and everything else is for him on the quiet side. Okay. Second, he says, with fear. That word for fear is reverence for one's husband. Let me tell you what fear personified is. I'm going back maybe probably close to 20 years. Me and my wife started walking with the Lord about five or six years before that in a serious manner. Um, I had a backyard. I, we moved into this house. We paid $147,500. Never going to be able to afford that house, we thought. Somehow God allowed us to do that. In this day and age, we're laughing at that, right? 
I had an acre and a quarter of property. My backyard was over a half an acre. And every day that I was working back, I'd have some friends come and they'd help me clean up and we were cutting down trees and just trying to get it in shape. Well, we order Pollo Tropical. And I got, my wife knows how I like, I like, if it's white rice, I like salt and pepper and a big old smatter of, of butter on it. And, and she knows that I like the, the well done, I like the crispy skin. And she puts it on a plate for me. And she says, and my friend George is sitting next to me, gentle, kind guy. I, I love George to death. And, and she looks, oh, that looks like, could I have the same exact thing? And my wife looks and goes, absolutely, it's right there, go ahead. She said, my man gets that treatment. Sorry, you can serve yourself. And it might be rude. Some of you guys might go, well, that's kind of rude. Not to me, it wasn't. It's like, like, girl, what you want? <laughs> Whatever it is, you're getting it. That is godly reverence for one's husband. She wasn't rude to George. George didn't take it as rude. But let me tell you what it did to my heart. It's like, that's my woman. It's my woman. You, you, you see that? It's not the fear of like, oh, I'm so sorry, husband, because that doesn't match with what it says at the beginning. Likewise, be submissive is not godly fear. It doesn't, those two things don't match unless one of them means one thing that we don't think it means, meaning it's not, oh, my goodness, it's fear. It's, I will give you due respect and due reverence because that's what God tells me to do. Because sure as heck, you don't earn it. And I don't. I know I don't. Too carnal in this skin. Too hard-headed in this flesh. Amen, guys? Continuing. Just continuing to interpret the words. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Listen to me. Again, same introduction I gave you before. Single people figure it out now. Married people, you're going to figure it out. Ladies, you see the word merely? That word is there for a very important reason. It's not saying don't wear makeup, don't wear nice clothes, don't. That's not what this verse says. It says don't let it be the opposite. When a man has a woman that works and she goes to work and she's got the pencil skirt and the button down and she's looking fine and she leaves to work then, I'll see you later, baby. And then she gets home, and 15 minutes after she's home, well, that's all done, and she's wearing flip-flops and baggies and burlap sack. <laughs> Chuck Smith put it this way. If the barn needs painting, paint the barn. Nobody get that? <laughs> oh, I look terrible. I don't. If the barn needs painting, paint the barn. That's on you. Don't blame him. I can't believe he just said that. I cannot believe we're never coming back to this church again. Do not let your adornment be merely outward. 
arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine red. Don't let that be only it. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart. What he's saying is the exact opposite of that fear, that reverence for one's husband. If you treat people outside your house, ladies, better than you treat your husband, if you're a big freaking hypocrite, and behind closed doors, you're a tyrant, and outside of people, did I say husband? I meant wife. And outside, but inside, all you do is nitpick and pick and, and, and what do you think is going to happen? What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Somebody else is going to come along, going to treat that man better than you, and you're going to lose him. Well, let him go. Okay. Well, how many times are you going to let him go? <laughs> Listen, this is a crazy thing. Watch I did. I did this a couple of years ago. If you single ladies will be honest, and I say to you, listen, I got a guy, doesn't watch pornography, doesn't drink, doesn't do drugs, doesn't cuss, loves the Lord, and he has a good job and works his butt off. And he loves kids. And he's not married. How many of you single sisters will go, I'd like to meet that guy, just, just one look, just to see if... I'm sure if you all will be honest, yes. How many of you married ladies have that and are still complaining? Ask yourself that question, please. Because sometimes we sit in that office and go, Sister, you got what every other woman wants, and you're still not happy. It was Sigmund Freud, the godfather of psychiatry. He wrote in his last writings, now keep in mind he was a full-blown coke addict at the time, so <laughs> take this with a grain of salt. Serious, full-blown coke addict. Why anybody believes anything he said is beyond me. But, however, Sigmund Freud wrote, I've studied the female human being for more than 30 years, and I have one question. What do you want? Sigmund Freud wrote that. For in this manner, speaking of being kind and nice behind closed doors, like i rather my wife be a total biscuit to everybody else and be nice to me. I just want you to know. Man, you know your wife, she's a real biscuit. Yeah, I know. I like it like that. Why is that? Because she ain't like that to me. She's only like that to you. I can deal with that. But the other way around? Like, really? For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. That word for Lord isn't like um, Lord Yahweh, God. It's, it's literally uh, steward or master. Not master of a slave, but like we learned last week, all the difference between the, the different words of slave and master in the Bible. This word is like my wife saying, what would you like for dinner, my lord? Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm digging that. Let me put it into the modern vernacular. If you were Hispanic, hi, papi. What you want for dinner tonight, papi? Digging poppy. 
You don't call me daddy? Call me daddy. <laughs> oh, daddy, you put it on tonight. That's that. That's that there. Well, you might be thinking, some of you guys might think, you know, there's something wrong with you. No. This is what the Bible says. I am not making this up. I am not creating. This is what the Bible says. There ain't nothing wrong with this stuff here. It's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. You're not doing it because he deserves it. You're doing it because you're doing it for God, and God appreciates it, respects it, and more important than all that, he's going to reward you for it. Calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. You see, it's not the fear, terror fear, it's the reverence fear. You with me? Now, closing, 10 minutes we're going to close, we're going to talk to the husbands now. Same type of thing. Husbands, that word for husband, again, double X chromosome, masculine noun, male, tripod. You. Likewise, same word, dwell with them with understanding. The word dwell is to dwell together of domestic association, of intercourse of a husband and wife. That intercourse isn't sex intercourse. It's the continuation of meeting together. It's to intentionally hang out with each other. Like as in, when you got married, your boys ain't your boys no more. Your best friend ain't. That's her. And if you don't want to hang with her, why did you get married to her? Dwell with them, speaking them. That word them is italicized. That means it wasn't there. Dwell with her. Hang out with her. Chill out. Chick flicks is cool, even if you hate them. Whatever she's into, get into it. I just don't even want to go home sometimes. Listen, this is normal. This is very, very normal. Look, she does her thing at work. I do my thing at work. We get together. We raise the kids. But we don't have much other than that. That is fixable. Do you understand? It's fixable. That is a brokenness that's fixable. That is not the indicator you should get divorced, you should separate, you should be done. That's not the indicator. I want you to understand this. I didn't know for many, many years that my wife had such talents and gifts. We bought this house in Georgia, and we came up with a budget to decorate it. I gave my wife a budget to decorate the house, because everything went then is when the first, prop, the first property values here shot up before the hurricanes. It's like 2000 six or seven, something like that. Property values are crazy. My house was like triple value. We took a bunch of money out. We bought this house in Georgia, and we came up with a budget to decorate it. I gave her $11,000 to decorate the house. Ladies aren't laughing. <laughs> she bought bed sheets and wall treatments for $11,000. 
That's not furniture. That's not TV. That's not plates. That's, not, that's nothing. That was just the bed sheets, the, the, the shower curtains, some of the things that hang up. $11,000. I wanted to jump out of a window. And then I wanted her to throw, out, throw her out the window. And when we sold the house and made so much money, he said, because the decorations were so amazing. I didn't know she had this talent, this gift at the time. I was so mad. Just get to go to Walmart. Goodness sakes. What did you got to get that one for? I didn't know. And the more I realized how talented and gifted, the more I realized how much I want you ladies afterward to talk to my daughter Elena about what she's doing in her yard. What she is doing. The trees that she's planted, the hedges. She's pulled up everything that's not producing something that could be food or be sold and she's throwing it out and she's replanting with everything that can be devoured, eaten in a time of trouble or just gathered and sold. Her, the whole yard. Banana trees here. Fruit names that I have never heard of. Did you know there's like 15 different types of mangoes? Do you know there's a mango that tastes like coconut? How many of you guys knew that? Crazy. Crazy. Daddy, taste this. It's mango coconut. I've never tasted anything like that. They sell them for like $4 a piece. Sometimes more. You know how many men won't find that out? They'll never find out. They never, they, they keep them down. They keep them, don't do that. Don't. When I found out, man, all I want to do is hang on. Tell me more. Hmm. Me and my wife can sit down now and have conversations for hours. I sit there and go, where did you learn this? HGTV. <laughs> the show with all the gay people on it? Totally different subject. It's the craziest thing in the world. We used to watch HGTV years ago, and there were no gay couples. Now, you'd think that 50% of the population is gay. They're buying a house, two gay women. Buying a house, two gay men. Selling this. I'm like, where do all these gay people come from? I mean, I got some gay friends, and I love them, but not that many. Maybe they are, and I just didn't know it. And that's what they want you to think. However. Dwell with them with understanding. That word for understanding is so important. Guys, here's the key. You ready? Knowledge that signifies a general intelligence. Very, very hard for us. That was a joke. The general knowledge of the Christian religion, the deeper and more perfect and enlarged knowledge of this religion, such as belongs to the more advanced, the things lawful and unlawful for Christians, moral wisdom such as is seen in right living. You are supposed to make her your study according to Christ and learn all about her. For the last 12 or 15 years, I have this thing. It's called Women 101. My daughter Arlie calls it my diary. I write down all the things that I've learned about my wife. 
and I write them down, and I write them down, and I write them down, and I write them down. And every once in a while, when a guy gets into a fight with his wife, I go, Kimmy. And I read him, and he goes, you go through that too? Yeah. I thought I was the only one. Yeah, the enemy wants you to think you're the only one. But it sounds like she's crazy. They're all crazy. They don't think like us. I know. They don't act like us. Thank God. I have a friend of mine. I love him. He's like my brother. He's one of the only, I know two people from my old neighborhood. It's the craziest thing. He moved down here some years ago. We grew up literally single digits together. His name's Cliff. You'll see him come by once a day. Usually in the summer, he comes here, and he wears a towel around his waist and a button-down shirt. He's really weird dude. Weird dude. Love him to death. He's my brother. He, my kids call him Uncle Cliff. He's always birthdays. He sends an amen to me. I send him a Bible verse every day. He sends me an amen and never reads them because I'll put, like, something in there, like, and Cliff, you suck, and he'll write amen. <laughs> Doesn't read it at all. I test him once. For you guys that get Bible verses, I might be testing you too sometimes. So, so I know when you're. But the, the, here's the thing about Cliff. Got married when he was like 25. He's a year and a half older, uh, younger than me. So he's, he's 54 right now. Got divorced a couple years. And married this very, very nice, very motivated Hispanic girl. Puerto Rican girl from New York. We're from New York. And um, divorced her a few years later. And so, since then, he's had like three or four women uh, that, he's, that he's lived with or been engaged to, and he just can't find the right one. And he always calls us. He sees me and my wife's success, and he calls us up all the time, and he, he asks us about, right, here's the thing. And, and I said, Cliff, I think you're gay. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not gay. I'm like, yeah, no, you, you are gay. He goes, why you say that to me for? I said, because everything you're describing and what you want is a man. You want somebody logical. You want somebody who doesn't change. All these things you're describing, that's a man. You want a woman. They're going to be weird and crazy and moody and eclectic and bizarre. That's just what they are. If you don't like that, marry a dude. Now, I'm saying that funny, right? Ha ha, we're all laughing. I ain't joking. Do you know how many men? Great story. Um, Don McClure. I've told this story so many times, and it is the epitome of a man. He says he's doing this marriage counseling, and they pull up to his, to his office with his and her uh, Benzes. They have Mercedes Benz. They both pull up, his and her. They pull up in the parking lot. He watches out the window. They pull up. She walks in, and then he walks in. They sit down, and they're all prim and proper. They're dressed all nice to the nines. Hey, how can I help you? We're, we're having problems with our marriage, and, you know, uh, my wife suggested counseling, and, you know, generally speaking, I don't need anybody's help. You know, this and Finally, he talks to them, and he, he starts to break them down a little bit and, and love on them, and, and he finally breaks. He said, the guy breaks. He goes, I can't believe I don't know what's happened to her. When I first met her, she was independent and strong and logical. Now she can't even order a pizza. You want me to order the pizza? She can't even call her. And he goes through all the list of things, and <clears throat> he starts laughing. Sorry. He goes, I, I came here because my wife... Um, said you were a serious man. Um, you're, you're, you're laughing at, at my pain and my plight. He goes, I'm sorry. Usually it, it, it takes a man 
Five years to ruin a good woman. You ruined her in two. <laughs> you don't like what you see in her, I told Cliff. She's reflecting you, bro. She's reflecting you. Remember that movie, Remember the Titans? Attitude reflects leadership. Attitude reflects leadership. You don't lead her. Oh, it's not that I don't lead. She won't follow me. We have a saying in, in martial arts, no such thing as bad student, only bad teacher. Got quiet all of a sudden. Dude's like, let's go back to making fun of the women. Sure, I'll do that, just for you. Lastly, and this is important. Um, husband, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. It was years ago my wife read something in Scripture that said that in heaven... Men and women are not given to marriage. They're not. And she took that to mean as like we won't be married in heaven. And she was upset about that because we find it very difficult that we, we've struggled. I mean, because we're polar opposites and, and I'm a type A personality. And she's, you know, quite, I like to speak out. And she just gets so freaked out when you speak out. And, 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 and it's like, we, you're going to tell me we've spent 30 some odd years. And by the time we go home to be with the Lord, who knows when that'll be. We spent all that time struggling and fighting and and, and then we get to heaven, and, and our reward is just, I never have to see you again. Great reward. Thank you. I was kind of hoping the reward would be like we'd find a sweet spot and like live there forever. Because here's the thing that you're going to learn about marriage, my brothers and sisters, especially you singles. You don't meet that one person, and like all of a sudden, you have this amazing epiphany, revelation, and your love is just nonstop, and, and you're to, an, that's just not it. You, you got to choose that person as much in the knowledge and understanding that they are bringing something to the table that you're bringing to the table, and you choose to love them. And you, you will have great moments. You'll have times where your heart is just overflowing with love, but that's not how it is all the time, man. And if you're getting married for that reason, don't. She is not responsible for your happiness. He is not responsible for your happiness. If you're miserable without her, you're going to be miserable with her, dude. And ladies, if you're miserable with him, I'm sorry, without him, you too will be miserable with him. He is not the one that can do that for you. No matter where he tickles you, it's not going to happen, man. Please understand that. But you are, according to this verse, heir of eternal life with that person. Like, me and my wife are like going through this struggle because in the end, we will be heirs together. We will be joined together without the hassle, without the problems. Man, we are, man, we're going to make it. And we're going to find that spot that, Right now, we're at like 15, 18% of the time. Can we just stay there? Like, things are so good right now. You know, like, no, I'm not going to, um, I'm sorry. If it was a marriage thing, I would have done it. 
You have no idea what I just meant, but that's okay. <laughs> Pastor Jim, who just passed away, me and, me and Joy, every time things got really bad, we call him up and say, hey, can we get together with you, please? And his, his advice was always started out the same way. He goes, he says, How, what percentage of your life is really bad right now? You're like, oh, man, like 10% is just undealable. This, I can't deal with this man. I can't deal with this woman. 10% of the time, it's just horrible. And he always said the same thing. So why are you dealing with the 10%? Why are you dwelling in the 10%? You're not supposed to dwell in the 10%. You're supposed to dwell with understanding of who she is in Christ. And it sounds so simple, but it's so true. If 10% of your life is miserable, stop dwelling in the 10%, man. Find the other percentage that's good. That's oversimplification. No, it's really not. That's what I was doing. I was letting my brain dwell in a percentage of the time of my life that was terrible. And stop doing that, Ryan. Because we are going to be heirs of life. We're going to go to heaven together. We're going to be one and where there's always that 18, 20% that's perfect. That's what I want. Like, can we just... I say this to my wife. I'm sorry. I say... This version of you, I love it. Can you not be Sybil tomorrow and, like, be this person tomorrow? <laughs> Married men here are just afraid to say anything right now if their wife is sitting next to them. Honey, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> if you guys look back there, my wife's not here. <laughs> totally safe. <laughs> And lastly, that your prayers may not be hindered. That word for hindered there literally means cut off, hewn down, cut down, cut out, be hindered. Again, I wanted to stick exactly to the scripture today. I didn't want to give a, a teaching on marriage, but do you understand what God, what Peter just said by the Holy Spirit? Do you know what he just said? You know what you're to do? with your wife, and never, ever, ever let it be hindered, cut off, stopped. Pray. That's the key. That's the answer. That's what opens every door. That is everything. If you do not pray with your spouse, you're not even walking in the door. Do you understand that? If you're not praying with your girlfriend, you're not going to pray with her when she's your wife. Why do men get married hoping things will stay the same and women get married hoping things will change? We're going to get married. <laughs> no, he promised if we got married, he'll change. Mm. If you are here right now with your spouse, and I don't mean just spouse, I mean, if you're here with your girlfriend. Now, if you're here and you're just single, like, okay, sucks for you. We talk about you guys all the time. Stop being feeling sorry for yourself, okay? But if you're here right now with your spouse or your girlfriend, I want you to take her hands in your hands. Just girlfriend and boyfriend. Don't be afraid. Face them. Face them. Yes, Tony. Face them. No kissing. I, did anybody say anything about kissing? You're making it weird. Don't leave Mike. I'm sorry she's not here today. 
I was like, that's it. I was, I was right on board there. She's reminding me she's not here. I'm out of this place. I'm going along my time, I know. I'm sorry. I just want you guys, I want you to say a blessing like this. Father, bless this woman. Don't do it now. Wait till I finish. Father, and use your own words. Father, bless this woman with every spiritual blessing. I bless her, and I ask you to bless her in the name of Christ. Okay? You do it out loud. Please, go ahead. Okay, if it's the first time that you've done that, we broke the ice, okay? No, serious, we broke the ice. Don't be afraid next time. When I first started praying with my wife, I was so embarrassed. I was so, I literally started, I had to, I had a, a truck and in the, 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 the door jam, I wrote in black magic marker, let's pray. Because I wanted to pray with her, but I was so intimidated, I was so, Praying with, oh my goodness. And this is why there's a spiritual battle. There's a, man, it's hard, I know. But what do we just read? Peter just said, she is the heir of life with you, man. And everything that surrounds this, everything that we just looked at instead, is for one purpose, that your prayers may not be hindered. Because if you're not praying... You got virtually no shot. And you can sit there and you can say to me, yeah, well, that's not true because I don't pray and we... Okay, well, how about this? If you did pray, things could be even better. But I'm telling you here, as one who's married to the opposite, if we didn't pray together, we'd have zero. We would have been long since divorced. Long since. Humbling myself before God to my wife or in front of my wife is the only thing that gets us by. The only thing. Okay, I'm done. Thank you for staying long. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word and the power of your word and the uh, instruction of your word. We ask you, please, that if this word was uh, life-changing, may this word stick in our hearts. God, and those that are offended by this word, thank you, God. Thank you so much for that. We, we ask you to um, continue to be with couples and for my singles here, that if this was just a reminder that they're single, God, in the name of Christ Jesus, raise up um, an equal for them, God. For your word says it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a partner, a helpmeet. God, we know that you don't want anybody to be alone. Raise up a person for that person. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.